Welcome to the NRL.com preview podcast. We are looking at round 15, which starts on a Thursday night. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined, as always, by NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Not a problem at all, CK. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. And uh, back again on the podcast is esteemed rugby league journalist Martin Lennon. And Marty, thank you. Good to be with you guys. Uh, I was out at um, Rugby League Central this morning for the launch of Beanies for Brain Cancer Round, which is always a wonderful event in the calendar, doing some great things, um, raising a lot of money for a, an insidious uh, disease, um, a new initiative, um, or not a new initiative, but um, Mark Hughes announced that they were sort of going on a, a global search for a head of research partnering with the University of um, Newcastle to, to drive forward in their quest. And I, um, when I was out there, there was a lot of, um, there was a hundred plus um, luminaries, Rugby League luminaries, celebrities, actors, comedians, um, you know, Olympians, cricketers. Um, anyway, I had a chat with uh, West Tigers legend Dean Hallitow about um, the, the launch and how they're going. So we'll have a listen to that one first. I am on the Beanies for Brain Cancer walk with uh, West Tigers Premiership winner and Kiwi International, Dean Hallitow. Dean, thank you for joining the NRL.com preview podcast. Mate, it's great to be here. Looking forward to having a chat with you. Well, I guess just to, to start with, it's a beautiful sunny day. We're all walking from Rugby League Central to the Opera House in support of uh, the Mark Hughes Foundation, Beanie for Brain Cancer Round. Obviously, uh, just a, a quick word on you know why it's important, you felt it was important to be here? Uh, well, obviously, uh, it's one of the um, great rounds of the year where we get to show our support to um, yeah, funding research into eliminating brain cancer. And Mark Hughes being a fairly significant uh, player in, in the game's history, played for Newcastle obviously and, and, and New South Wales and um, it's been pretty well documented the, the, the battles that he's gone through and he's come at the other side and is, is promoting it uh, through the game and because of his connections there's, there's a lot of support from people in the game and uh, yeah, I, of course I'd want to be involved in it and um, very proud that the game does support causes like this. As we look around, there's, you know, there's premiership winners, there's rugby league players, test players, there's actors and models and cricketers and Olympians and all sorts of a uh, bit of a who's who cast. So it's obviously, you know, a big event. It's a huge event, and uh, the guys from the Big Three Trek have, have done a, a fantastic job to to reach out to so many people. I, I got uh, Luke Alexander reached out to me through Instagram and um, asked if I wanted to get on board, and, and I said yes. And um, you know, he's he's gone far and wide to, to get in touch with these people and. And bring them all here today to, to walk to Opera House, as you mentioned, and uh, then uh, a group of people that have been doing the, the full trek all the way up to Newcastle for, for the game on Saturday. Obviously, we are a preview podcast, so I'd be remiss of me not to ask you about, um, you know, the, the West Tigers this weekend. I guess, first of all, just their, their current form, a couple of really impressive wins back-to-back, and then a little bit of, a, I guess, a step backwards against Parramatta on the weekend. What have you made of their season so far? Yeah, the Tigers have been um, up and down, as, as have a lot of teams. It's, it's been like a real... A bit of a gap, I suppose, between the top four or five that have been consistent performers and and playing really well, and the Tigers haven't fit into that category, unfortunately. Um, they've shown signs of, of of what they're capable of, but you hear from from the coach and Michael Maguire post match, and you hear from players during the week, and consistency has been something that they've been looking looking for for a long time now, and fortunately they haven't been able to find it. Last week was a disappointing performance against the Eels, although. The Eels are very hard to beat at Western Sydney Stadium. So, um, yeah, hopefully this weekend they can rebound, find that form that they're, they're after to, to, to be consistent. Trip up to the sunny coast to face the Storm, who I think are up to 20-something straight wins in Queensland. If you're going to you know, win a game to get your season back on track, there's no better one to win than this, but it's certainly a tough ask. It's, it is a very big mountain to climb. So, um, yeah, the, the Storm 
up up in Queensland are very hard to beat. Sunny Coast has become their their home away from home, and um, look, it's going to be it's going to need a, a really strong performance from the Tigers. So um, Ken Mamalo comes over from the Warriors. That's that's a, a, a big in, I think, for them. He he did well to get his hat trick last week. I hope he didn't burn all his tries <laughs> in his last game for the Warriors, but. Um, yeah, look, if they can get a win up there, it'd, it'd set them up for a good end of the season. Um, but it is a very tough trip. Just on Kemal Marlow, we've seen, obviously, Noffa sort of stake down that, that one-wing spot doing great work out of yardage. He's been a good winger for a long time, but it's been a little bit of an issue on the other edge. You know, we've seen James Roberts recently shifting from centre to wing. Tommy Talao going between centre and wing. We had AJ Kapaoa at the start of the year. So it's sort of been a, a little bit of a, a rotating cast. So Kemal Marlow could actually be, you know, just a, a big athletic winger who, who gets the set start. It could be a big in for the Tigers. Yeah, it, it, it very well could be, and, and, and like you said, Noffa's the, the go-to, the first first picked in the team. You'd almost say because of his his effort and what he what he does for the team, and um, you know having that ability on the other side of the field with, with Ken uh, out of yardage. He's a big body, he carries the ball well. He's also a really good finisher. Um, so yeah, he's, he'd be a good target for crossfield kicks because he is so tall. I think it, it'll bring a, a fair bit of balance to the back five, um, and uh, no doubt uh, it'll be a good combination. That he can hopefully start to form. Uh, I think it'll be with James Roberts on that on that edge. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can they can form a, a good combo, and um, yeah, like you said, fill that, that that piece of the puzzle that they need. Just on Brooksy, mate. The, any team, the number seven always seems to wear a lot of the the criticism when they're not going well. And I think he probably wore more than his fair share at the start of the year. I think his his form over the past couple of months has, has really picked up. He, he's been at the centre of a lot of a lot of what they've done well. He's had a lot of tries this uh, this year, so uh, he'll be a key man for them. Yeah, Luke's Luke's been um, playing really strong. Uh, his running game, we all know he's got a great running game, and um, when he when he takes a line on in, in their two wins before the loss to the Parramatta, his running game was was enormous and um, he looked confident uh, he's got a really good kicking game so when the team's going well they're moving forward he's got a bit of time to get his get his kicks where he wants them uh, he's got time to get into the line as a runner um, you know the, the pressure comes off I think outwardly I think internally they know what he's capable of I think before that when the pressure was on him he was still playing reasonably well but yeah he wears a lot of their, their bad performances because he is a halfback and he's been around for a little while now so there's that expectation that follows him but I've always been a fan of Brooksy's. I think when he's got balance next to him in the halves, um, he's able to do what he does well. And uh, Moses, when he's in there, is doing a really good job of that. Uh, Adam Dewey was gonna, doing a really good job when he was there, but uh, Moses and by the same has has been a good balancer for him. And that he, he knows what he has to do, and it makes Brooksy's job a lot easier. Well, Moses probably a little bit of an underrated player, potentially a little bit wasted if he's in the centres or on the bench. But as a supporting running five eighths, you know, he's just a good clean ball distributor getting the ball to the outside backs and providing that supporting fall to, to Brooksy and we've seen Dewey unfortunately out this week after that head knock last week but his form hasn't dipped moving out to the centres, his running game's still really strong so it's probably a better balance for the team overall Yeah well I was I was one of the ones that was probably critical of moving Dewey away from six because he was going so well there and, and I thought he really complimented Brooksy's game but um, you're right he goes to the centres and, he, and he, he does a fantastic job there, he's, he's a key player out just out um, playing on, on an edge and um, Moses Mbai comes into six and he, he does what you just said, distributes the ball nice and early to his to his outside man. He's very physical um, in terms of his fitness and, and he's robust. He can take he can take a hit in defence. So yeah, he was he was doing really well um, before he missed last weekend's game, back this weekend, which is which is great for the Tigers and, and hopefully he just continues that role that he's playing and um, yeah, I, I, I like the, the balance that they got with him at six. Just to finish up, what have the Tigers got to do to upset the mighty storm up at the sunny coast? It's a, t- it's a tough one because the storm, 
uh, are so good across the park. Uh, obviously, defensively, the Storm have been scoring plenty of points. Um, they're averaging over 40 now, aren't they, at the moment? So um, it's a defensively, which is something that the Tigers have lacked at times this year. They're going to have to be really strong on their edges in particular. Nico Hines, obviously jumping out the back of their shifts. He's coming up with some really good options. So putting pressure on their halves, working from inside out, I think is going to serve them well. Uh, but they still need to be able to shut things down when they do get out wide. They've, they've conceded a few tries uh, out wider. So yeah, hopefully if they do that well, the points will come. Indeed. Thanks so much for joining us on the NRL.com preview podcast and uh, great job supporting the uh, Mark Hughes Foundation. Oh, no worries. Thanks, Chris. So we are back to chat, chat through the other eight games of the round. Our thanks again to uh, to Dean Hallitow. Um, it kicks off on Thursday night, the Broncos and the Rabbitohs up at Suncorp Stadium. Um, Marty, I'll start with you. Always a little bit of uh, attention when uh, when Wayne Bennett heads home, but he, I guess he probably won't be the headline this time as much as he, uh, as he usually is. Uh, no, I think Wayne can uh, slide into background there a little bit if they get the job done as we expect. I think uh, Kevy Walters is the is certainly the big story up there every week with his uh, change of halves. And he just when he seemed to be having a bit of luck with Albert Kelly there, he got an injury. So, you know, tough time for them just when we saw a little bit of uh, something to move forward with against the Roosters. They uh, took another three steps backwards. So, uh, yeah, I think Wayne will just be uh, very much in the background uh, on Thursday and I'm sure he'll be happy that way. Alicia, um, South bolstered by the return of their origin uh, reps, Damien Cook, Cam Murray, um, Dan Gagai, all back in. Uh, Latrell Mitchell looked a little bit gassed at full time um, last week, but he, uh, he's backing up uh, once again, although we are possibly expecting um, Blake Taft potentially to come in as cover. Yeah, I haven't uh, caught up to date with, with Wayne. I've been on the road a fair bit today, but um, he did have a little bit to say in his press conference from what I heard. Um, but yeah, Latrell, I was at that game against the Knights last week. He just, he couldn't even stand up to, to shake, uh, like play his hands after the game. You know, it took him a little while to catch his breath. And um, I think it was a bit of character building for him, you know, like yeah. to back up after that heroic <laughs> like effort against, uh, against the Maroons and then uh, to do that against the Knights. Um, you know, he played quite well, dropped a couple of balls, but... Can't be too critical of him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the next step for him now is to put in another performance before probably going back into origin camp. Marty, the uh, the Broncos team, when we've spoken a few times about just the, the non-stop changes to the the playmaking sort of makeup of this side, the eight or nine halves combinations this year. We saw Carmichael Hunt recalled, um, you know, 12 years after his last Broncos game came in. He's meant to be partnering Albert Kelly, who was a withdrawal with a hamstring injury. Tyson Gamble recalled at the 11th hour. Uh, looks like it's going to be Gamble and, and Carmichael once again in the halves. Although, uh, speaking of late call-ups, Tessie New had to slide into the team when Xavier Coates was ruled out with a hamstring strain and uh, did well enough that he's now the starting fullback this week. Did a good job, Tessie New. I think he's uh, he's a bit of a shining light for them for the future. And they obviously lost uh, Xavier Coates just before kickoff, which was another blow for them down in Canberra. He was ready to back up. And then obviously they weren't going to take any risks when he uh, tweaked the hamstring. So he comes back into the side. But yeah, I like Tessie New. I think he, uh, he gives them a bit. I think Carmichael Hunt, look, he'll, he'll certainly get better with every game he plays. And I think he's... Yeah, he's got that experience and wealth of knowledge there that I think they probably need. So I think Kevy would like to uh, stick solid with him, but it's just hard to see them sort of having enough weapons to uh, to really get past South and that left edge of South Sydney. Uh, Alex Johnson talking up lazy seventh hat trick of his career last weekend. So uh, he'll be looking for another field day, I reckon. 
Alicia, that um, win by Canterbury last weekend, which we'll talk about more later, but it's uh, certainly put the Broncos on notice, uh, just sort of generally, genuinely in the frame for back-to-back spoons if they can't uh, pull a win or two out of somewhere. Yeah, it's starting to feel a bit deja vu, isn't it, from last year? The Bulldogs sort of just just called their way ahead towards the back end of the, the season and, um, you know, no one wants the wooden spoon. But, but Brisbane, I feel like this year, as bad as they've probably been, like they're, they're probably still... They, they don't necessarily deserve it. I think again, like they're, they're not playing too too badly compared to, to last year. Obviously, the only way is up. But um, yeah, geez, it sets up a, a pretty mouthwatering sort of second half of the season for them just to see whether they can. We've seen Kevy just change his team every single week. Um, you know, to try and find the right balance. He obviously is trying to get responses, but um, you know, I don't I don't know moving forward for the rest of this season if that's that's the way to go about it. Do they just try and settle on a bit of stability or? Um, you know, do they start focusing on next year? It's um, you know, it's only one I guess left for Kev to to decide. At some point, whether they're sort of just trying to get some wins this year or whether they're planning for next year, they're going to have to make some kind of decision on who their one, six, and seven are for the rest of this season to at least try and you know start building something. Um, <clears throat> tip tip wise, do you can you find any reason to go for Brisbane or are you sticking with Souths? Uh, Souths for me. Marty. Souths by plenty. Yes, that's my for me too. Second game of the round, the Cowboys and the Sharkies um, up there in Townsville. Um, pretty uh, interesting clash, uh, Marty. Two of those teams that have sort of been jostling up and down in that sort of seventh to twelfth um, sort of part of the, the ladder um, all season. Sharkies have sort of come, made a, a real sort of charge from down in sort of 14th or so up to the, the cusp of the eight, whereas um, Cowboys, they were you know, horribly bad the first month, but um, you know, with a couple of hiccups have been reasonably good since then. I like what I've seen from Cronulla. I think they uh, took a while, obviously, with the change of coach and uh, a fair bit of shuffling around in their team. And now just with a bit of stability with Sean Johnson and Matt Moylan getting some games together. Sean Johnson's another one of these guys, which there's quite a few of uh, looking for clubs and uh, put his hand up last weekend with the winning field goal and basically said to everyone after the game, you know, here I am, this is what I can do. I think he's got a lot to offer still. He, uh, he was fantastic in that game and, so I think really they go up there with a lot of confidence. Um, but, you know, the Cowboys have certainly put together some good games, particularly up there at home. So I reckon this should be a really interesting, as you said, couple of sides right there on the on the fringe still with designs of uh, playing in the finals, I would have thought. Alicia, uh, Cole Felt comes back. He copped a knock in origin, missed out uh, last week. They also get Mitch Dunn, I think, back from suspension. Sharkies obviously lose uh, Wade Graham, who had a, another head knock um, last week. So see for Talakai into the starting side um, for them. What do you sort of think that the team changes mean for these two? Look, I was pretty torn on this game. I think, um, as Marty said, it's pretty even. Um, I haven't really liked what the Cowboys have done. No disrespect since Tommy Dearden's come in, but with, since Jake Clifford's gone, they're, they're trying to find their way again with some combinations over the last couple of weeks. So that's going to take a bit of time. And if anything, I think they've gone a little, like a little bit of a step backwards um, since then. So um, but back at home, you know, it's, it's a different story up there at uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. They've obviously been playing some pretty good footy up there on a dry track as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've leaned towards the Sharks, um, but with no great confidence in this one. Um, but I think the Sharks are playing pretty good footy. You know, Matt Moylan and Sean Johnson in the Haas, I think that's the answer um, moving forward, at least for this year. And, um, you know, the, the forward pack, even though they do lose... 
Graham, I think Talakai's been amazing for them. You know, this season he's had a couple of injuries, but he's he's bounced back and he'll slot into that back row quite comfortably. Marty, who are you favouring? Yeah, I think Cronulla. I think uh, it's really interesting the point about Tom Deard, and I heard Todd Payton say that he's a a fairly quiet kid and he's just sort of finding his way and trying to get him to talk at training. So it took them a number of weeks to settle in and get some rhythm and they had that with Jake Clifford. Then he goes and then you get Tom Deard and as they said, he's he's, he's much quieter. So it's almost like they had to start again. So I think, you know, they're still sorting a couple of systems out whereas Cronulla have got their halves going beautifully at the moment. So I think they can, uh, yeah, they can go up there and get a win. I'm torn on this one uh, as well. I was at... Um... Four Pines Park, as we're calling it now, when uh, Cowboys coughed up a 12-0 lead and conceded the better part of uh, 50 straight points to, to go down in, in horrible fashion to, to Manly. So that's fresh in my memory. So it does make it tough to tip the Cowboys. But I don't know, back at home, hopefully, um, you know, Tom Deaton's had a couple of weeks now to get into the systems. You know, Cole Felt back in helps. Jason Tamalai's got a couple of games under his belt now. Um, you know, Mitch Dunn into the side allows Tom Gilbert to go back to the, the bench. He's been one of their, their better forwards. So, you know, hopefully the, the home crowd uh, can rally them a bit. I'll, um, I'll buck the trend and go for the, the Cowboys at home. Um, third game of the round. Now, this one, all eyes on this one out at Bluebet Stadium at uh, Penrith on, on Friday night. Panthers up against the Roosters. Um, Alicia, just looking at the, um, you know, the, the odds on the tipping page, Roosters paying $4 to win head-to-head. I can't remember a Roosters team in a, a club game being this long um, too often of late. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, and, and this still, you know, is a, is a top four battle, essentially. Um, obviously, the Roosters have had their injury woes. You go back to the fi- first week of the finals last year, like, it, they've sort of, so much has changed in their side since since that period um, in 2020. But, yeah, like, what a game we have on our hands. Um, I think, you know, Penrith, obviously, back-to-back losses, we know that they've been depleted. Um, but the Roosters, at the same time, they've been humming along. And, yeah, those odds are are pretty big. I mean, you give the Roosters every chance, especially up against a side that has, you know, dropped a couple of games. And and I think we all sort of expect Penrith to to just click again, right? Come back into the side, uh, all those players and, and gel, and, and they probably will. But, um, you know, I'm a little bit wary as well that it, it might not just happen for them um, immediately, and that's where the Roosters could pounce. Marty, the, um, the Panthers, I mean, obviously they were very much understaffed in those previous two losses, but you look at the players that come back in and you look at how Origin 1 panned out, and other than Turbo and Latrell in the centres, the best players on the field were Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, Brian To'o, Isaiah Yo. like it was the Penrith contingent doing um, almost you know all of the, the damage. So those are some just absolutely gargantuan ins for, uh, for the Panthers. Oh, they'll be, yeah, unrecognisable, I guess, when they run out there this week playing at home. I think Luai particularly will have taken a lot of confidence. Not that he's short of confidence, Jerome Luai, oh. but uh, coming out of Origin 1, he'll be even more so. Uh, Brian Tyo was just unbelievable in that first Origin game. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be a different side. You know, a couple of losses on the trot. It, it just, uh, I think they would have been more disappointed with the second week, having had a chance to play together once and then got themselves back to 18 all in that game. They looked like they were going to get out of it. So I think probably... Uh, more disappointed with the result losing the second game in a row. But, yeah, different team there. Just full of admiration, though, for the Roosters and the way they just keep getting the job done. Alicia touched on all their changes, you know, to lose the experience of Jake Friend, Brett Morrison. Boyd Cordner, of course, hasn't played this year, but just the upheaval of those boys seeing him go through what he's gone through and then to retire. But they just keep 
aiming up. They're just a phenomenal club. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute cracker of a game for sure. You've got to give credit to the uh, the Roosters. I mean, like you say, Boyd Cordner hasn't played this year, but him and Friend are two very big chunks of their their salary cap. I don't think Bemos was on sort of a, a career-high wicket in terms of his salary, but he was certainly still a, a key cog of what they were doing. So those three guys all going out of, you know, the first-grade team, along with Luke Keary, along with Lindsay Collins, who are, you know, one of their best middles and a you know, premiership-winning half um, and their senior playmaker, those are some just... You know, it's huge, huge, huge outs to um to try and counter for, and that the guys they've had, you know, come in have done a, a pretty remarkable job. I was actually out at uh, Trent Robinson's press conference this morning. He was sort of paying tribute to the the guys that had retired, but he he certainly wasn't getting any sort of well, is me sort of you know. W- we can't win without these guys. He had a lot of faith in the guys that had come in. He's sort of talking about the, you know, the emotion of the occasion, but also the support that, you know, Boyd and, and Jake and Bemos are still giving to the group. That It's not like they've, you know, vanished into the ether. They're still around the club. They're just not playing. So they're still able to provide some leadership. He spoke about Sam Walker as well. He's, um, you know, he's pretty much bunged up both his, his shoulders now, but he's, um, you know, sucking it up and, and getting on with it. So, been a remarkable job what Sam Walker's been able to do. He's, I think he turns 19 today, they were saying. So he's now no longer the 18-year-old Sam Walker. He's the 19-year-old Sam Walker. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's certainly made a difference to them this year as well. It's just what they do, isn't it? No excuses. You know, they just uh, keep aiming up. You know, these two clubs, I guess, both one-point game last week, the Roosters found a way. They looked like they were going to give up the biggest comeback in uh, NRL history there to the, the Titans, but they get out of it. They find a way to win. Penrith, on the other hand, went down by that point. So just a little, you know, just the way both those sides went about it last week. I, I think the Roosters can uh, can go over there and, and actually have a win at Penrith. Is that an official Roosters tip, Marty? Yes, I'm officially on the Roosters. Nice one. How do you see it, Alicia? Look, at, at home, Bluebet Stadium, you know, it's, it's a fortress for the Panthers, so I can't see it um, going any other way. I think Penrith will, will bounce back with a, with a win. Yeah, I, uh, I'm certainly not going to rule the Roosters out, but I will be tipping the Panthers with uh, Luai and Cleary back, pulling the strings uh, in the halves after what we saw they uh, able to produce in the state of origin. So it's two tips of Panthers, one for the Roosters. Moving on to Saturday footy, the Knights and the Warriors up there at McDonald Jones Stadium. Um, Alicia, the troops are back for the Knights. Yeah, they are, but a bit like Penrith, I'm a little bit worried, you know, whether they're just going to expect it all to fall into place for them. Um, but yeah, obviously having Kalen Ponga, Back, we think he's still going to pass a fitness test later this week. Obviously, he has pulled out a couple of times, you know, the, the day before a game. So, mm. um, yeah, wait and see on that one. Mitchell Pearce, I think he's, he's the key, you know. I'm looking forward to his partnership with Jake Clifford. And uh, finally, I think Adam O'Brien said in the presser last week, it's the first time he's seen Mitchell pass to Kalen all, uh, all year, which is quite remarkable considering we're, you know, three and a half months into the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, if the Knights... Looking on the ladder, they're 14th. They're only two points outside the eight. It just goes to show like how condensed the ladder is this year. And um, unfortunately, a bit of a split there as well between the, the good sides and the and the sides that are still sort of scraping towards finals, being a finals team. So um, they're certainly not out of it, but geez, they need a really big performance against the Warriors side that's um, you know a bit of a bogey side for them in the past. So it'd be an interesting one. Yeah, David Clemmer back from suspension is a big in, as is uh, Heimel Hunt, who they've really missed Heimel Hunt and Edric Lee so far this year. The, the wingers have you know, had to rely on some real rookies. They do unfortunately lose Bradman Best for six to eight with a uh, an ankle injury. Marty, just on, you know, Alicia mentioned, um, you know, 
we've hardly seen Mitchell Pearce pass to, to Callum Ponga, or the coach has hardly seen it uh, pretty much since the preseason. Callum Ponga missed the entire preseason with a shoulder injury. Mitchell Pearce, I think, broke a thumb around Christmas or New Year's and missed a lot of the preseason. You know, by the time you know Ponga got back, you know, Green was only coming back at the same time and Pearce went out. They just haven't had their spine all together at the same time at all. No, a very tough year. And I think, uh, you know, Kalen Pong is just that sort of player that when he's on the field, he just makes an enormous difference. You know, he's probably up there with what Tom Trebojevic was able to do for Manly. I think Kalen Pong, if he could string four, five, six weeks of football together and just be there on, on the field, he can do a similar kind of thing for, for Newcastle. And Mitchell Pearce is obviously just that steady hand, that leadership they've really missed. So... Massive ins, unfortunately, Bradman Best. It feels like, you know, two steps forward with those other two guys in and one step back with him going out. He's a massive loss. But, yeah, as you said, it's it's remarkable that uh, that Adam O'Brien would say how, you know, how little they've seen of those key. They're just, they're just two players that you you desperately not need on the field all the time. So they'll be looking to make a, a run home. As we've said, it's very tight where all these teams are. They can still make a charge if... Uh, if they can just keep these guys on the, the paddock for, for all the way home. What about the Warriors, Marty? We saw some um, some emotion last week. Ken Malo at a hat-trick in his final game, uh, then straight across to the, the West Tigers. Unfortunately, lose Chanel Harris-Tavita. It's a huge loss for them um, due to that uh, pec injury. Um, huge blow for him. Wade Egan, obviously, out this week after that nasty um, head cut. They do get, obviously, young star Reese Walsh back, uh, one-game suspension. So it looks like he's going to play fullback. Roger goes back out to the wing. Um, whether that's the, um, you know, the answer for the rest of the season or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess Reese Walsh is always interesting. I mean, there's talk of him potentially playing Origin. I mean, I think he's uh, he's so young and he's so inexperienced. They'd be taking a massive gamble uh, to be putting him into State of Origin. But then, you know, maybe that's where Queensland are at the moment. You Sometimes you only find out how good some of these kids are when you put them on that sort of a stage. And, uh, you know, obviously if Kalen Pong is fit, he plays fullback for Queensland. So that probably ends the Reese Walsh discussion if Pong plays. But... He should be in the mix. I mean, he's just got that X factor that uh, Queensland were missing terribly in the first game. So he might be feeling like this is a bit of an audition for him. Teams will obviously be picked after this round. So uh, the Warriors just need him to have another one of those. Uh, if he can have another sort of uh, outrageous display there from the back where he just makes makes runs and sets up tries. And you know, he's obviously a key to them uh, having a win. Uh, who are you tipping? I'll go with the Warriors. I think they can, uh, they're just, they're very inconsistent. And, and Nathan Brown has, has worked pretty hard to, uh, I guess, to get that out of the side. But, and I think Harris Tavita, as you said, is a massive loss. I still think they uh, they might be ready for one of their, their uh, better performances this week. How do you see it, Alicia? Look, I've probably put the bias cap on. I'm going to go with the Knights, but with not a lot of great confidence. But I think if Ponga plays and they can get, just, I guess, a bit of a combination going early, then I, I think they might have just a little bit too much for the Warriors on home turf. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm torn on this one. I would like to point out that um, the, the beanies for brain cancer, the, the trek up to Newcastle, Billy Peden and some of Mark Hughes' uh, mates and, and former teammates uh, 
departing from uh, Sydney to walk 50Ks a day um, over three days, arriving at McDonald Jones Stadium in time for kickoff in this one. So there'll be plenty of emotion around, um, plenty, expect to see plenty of uh, beanies in the crowd as well for this one. So hopefully the Knights can use that uh, emotion to their advantage and the returns of uh, Ponga and Pierce, I, I think, will be uh, massive compared to the loss of uh, Chanel Harris, Tavita and Wade Egan. So I will uh, lean towards the Knights um, as long as they can uh, get up for the occasion. Second Saturday game, the Dragons and the Raiders. Um, Alicia, I'll start with you. Dragons, um, they were, to put it bluntly, poor last weekend. I think Paul's been generous. I was there watching that game. And, uh, yeah, I expected much, much more than what we saw. They were pretty diabolical, um, to be honest. Just in attack, they were trying to go, you know, too wide too early. And um, it just looked like their, their outside backs weren't on the same page as the halves either. So, um, obviously, we've heard a bit of news after that game that Corey Norman's been told he won't be re-signed next year. So, whether that had a bit of an impact on, on his own game because he, he wasn't uh, that crash hot, especially, um, you know, with his partnership with Matt Dufty, who, as we know, is also on his way out there. So there's a bit happening for the Dragons off field. And I think, um, you know, I think it is affecting them, whether they they say it or not. Um, when is the right time, I guess, to, to sort out your futures? Um, and it's just a bit disappointing because they've obviously, they started the season really, really well. And um, for them to be putting in, you know, pretty poor performances in this middle half is only going to put pressure on them later to, to try and catch up. Marty, how much of a factor do you think it is with Dufty and Norman being told their surplus to requirements as the club looks to your Jaden Sullivans and Tyrell Sloans of the, you know, the next generation as, as the future, but, you know, still picking the, the older guys in, in NRL week to week? Yeah, I mean, Matt Dufty, I guess it's only two weeks since he was an absolute superstar when they beat Brisbane. He had two tries and set up four or five more, so it didn't seem to bother him too much that night. I suppose that uh, the longer your future goes on. Sorted, I guess it must play on your mind. I mean, I think Corey Norman, as much as it was only sort of revealed that it was last week, I think probably he's known for a little while what the, the future plans are. And he's, I'm sure he's had management sort of uh, looking around to see if he might find a club somewhere else. So, oh, look, it's got to be unsettling, I think. And they're not, uh, they're not a good enough team, I don't think, to handle that sort of upheaval. I don't think they can... We've talked about teams that handle... Um, you know, dramas and upheaval and all these sort of things very well. Uh, I don't think the Dragons have got the, the capabilities to deal with that. So, yeah, they certainly need those guys to, to refocus pretty quickly if they're going to, uh, to challenge Canberra. What about Canberra? Um, Alicia, obviously able to trounce Brisbane at home last week. I'm not sure how much of a, a form, form line that provides uh, moving forward, but they've named uh, pretty much the same side uh, that got the job done there. Bally Simonson at fullback did a, uh, a pretty good job. Um, yeah, Matt Tomoko coming in at centre was, was really strong. Are they you know, potentially turning a little corner or might be a bit early to get carried away? Well, look, I think an away trip, you know, up to, up to Wollongong will definitely test them. I think, you know, Simonson, as you mentioned, I thought he was superb, you know, he got his, mm. got his chance, took, took it straight away. And, um, you know, that Raiders attack almost, I mean, again, yes, it was against the, the Broncos who have been struggling defensively, but you know, you can only play what's in front of you. And I thought he took his opportunities. So have they turned a corner? I'm not so sure yet. Um, I think the Dragons will, you know, coming off that Dogs game will, will definitely be up for this one at Wollongong. Um, but if anything, if they can string together a, another win, um, you know, they might be on their way to, to bouncing back this year because you look at their side on paper, even with George Williams gone, Sammy Williams did a good job last week. Um, and obviously Jack White didn't get many minutes in origin and we probably expect him to, 
not get many either in, in game two, but, um, you know, he came in and, and sort of set the tone for the for that Raiders side to allow those backs to, to shine. Who are you tipping? I uh, went with the Raiders, but again, no confidence in this one. How do you see this one panning out, Marty? Yeah, Canberra for me, I think we, you know, we mentioned these guys backing up from Origin. Jack White and had a, a really good influence on that side. He, he was pretty fresh, I guess, after Origin won and he uh, lifted the team. And I think they, uh, I reckon they have turned a little bit of a corner just the way they attacked against Brisbane. Uh, they'll find a Dragons team very low on confidence there. So uh, I reckon the, the Greenman can uh, roll on for another win. Yeah, I'm going to have to make it a, a clean sweep. I just I can't tip the uh, the Dragons after what I saw last week. Raiders, I'm not sold that they've um, you know turned the corner just yet, but um, was a, a very impressive uh, performance against Brisbane and the fact that they were able to lead at halftime and then really go on with it in the second half after what's happened to them previously this year, I thought was a, a good sign. So Raiders for me as well. Uh, Saturday night game, the Storm up against the West Tigers up there at the Sunny Coast Stadium. Um, Alicia, Tigers will uh, need to be very good. We've heard from um, Dean Hallitau already today he um you know said you know basically the tigers will need to do everything right to um to topple the storm but just looking at the storm you know the the players they've got missing the players they've had missing all year and the fact that you know nico hines comes in for ryan pappenhausen you know they lose you know harry grant at different times missing both bromwich brothers this week um and just sort of doesn't really seem to matter no it doesn't and we saw last week they sort of weren't really in the in the game in that first 20 minutes like they just weren't at their usual best but then they just suddenly put the foot down and Nico Hines helped set up that try on the right edge and then you know next minute they, they were leading quite comfortably and ran away with the game so they just know how to get this origin period done they've done it for many years Craig's Craig Bellamy is just a you know mastermind when it comes to how to manage players and just how to get players that have been at other clubs and, you know, don't have never put in those performances to get them at, at Melbourne, just firing, you know, your George Jennings, Justin Olam, even Remus Smith, when he was at the Bulldogs, you know, he, he suddenly just looking 10 times the player he was last year. So um, yeah, it's, it's a gift, you know, Bellamy has, and, and that's why we, we want him to keep coaching. We want him to, to play on and I certainly do as a, as a coach, watch him uh, keep bringing guys through. So um yeah, look, I can't see it going any other way than a storm win this week. But, um, you know, the Tigers have got plenty to play for after last week's loss to the Eels. Marty, how do you uh, see this one panning out? Oh, storm as well. I think, you know, Christian Welsh back in the side, obviously looking to get a run under his belt before Origin. A safer Solomona comes back as well. I think Adam Dewey's a massive loss for the Tigers. Obviously, I caught that high shot. Last week, he's out of the side. He's been fantastic. Uh, there was a lot of talk, obviously, when he went out to the centres, how that would go. I think it's been a, a masterstroke by uh, Michael Maguire, and he's been playing really well. So I think they'll miss him a lot. And, uh, yeah, Melbourne will just roll on as Melbourne do. I'm going to have to tip uh, Melbourne as well. So three from three tipping the Storm. Sunday footy kicks off at Bankwest Stadium. The third place deals up against the 16 place Bulldogs. Uh, Marty Eels had had a, you know, a few little wobbles of late, but certainly seemed to get things back on track against the Tigers uh, last week. They do lose, obviously, Mike Acevo to uh, suspension. A couple of unforced changes uh, as well. I know uh, Joey Lussick had a good game standing in for Reed Marnie last week, but Nate Roach makes his club debut on the bench and um, you know, a few little tweaks in the forward pack. Keegan hit great gets a chance, Bryce Cartwright goes out. So uh, what are you expecting from this one? Yeah, I think Parramatta, look, all of these sides are going to have their little hiccups along the way. Nobody uh, wins every game in a season. I mean, even Penrith looking like they were going to at one stage and 
things can go wrong a little bit. So I think Parramatta have ironed out a few kinks. I think Mitchell Moses is playing uh, great footy at the moment. Dylan Brown, once he came back in the side and there, combination I guess Blake Ferguson's a very interesting one there down amongst the reserves again and you know we've got a couple of young wingers there who are you know very very early in their careers and Blake can't get his way back into that side so uh, not quite sure what the the plan is there going forward for him but you'd certainly expect that uh, Parramatta can keep on rolling even though the dogs will have a lot of confidence up and they should after the way they played on Monday. Yeah, Sean Russell's played a few minutes of um, sort of first grade level trial games in the this year and, and last year, but uh, making his NRL debut. I was actually covering a, a schoolboys cup game last year, and a, a young Sean Russell and a young Jakey Arthur were on uh, on display for some. Uh, Patrician Brothers Blacktown in a game where there were just sort of 16 year olds all over the field so it's been a pretty rapid rise for um, yeah. for that pair um, this year. Alicia obviously um, you know no Fergo like Marty said it's uh, you know a bit of a fall from grace from a guy who's playing Origin not all that long ago but um, you know there's a lot of eyes on on his and Wonga Blake's edge but um, the defence sort of you know, Wonga Blake was copying a lot of it, but the defence probably seems to have picked up since um, they've been separated. So maybe Brad Arthur does know what he's doing. Well, we all went out to media, uh, media on Tuesday and we were all talking about Blake Ferguson coming back because we just put, you know, two and two together. Thought, oh, he'll come back in for Sevo, But obviously, BA had other plans. I mean, yeah, to think that Ferguson was also, you know, in line to possibly play Origin this year as well. I was only yeah. a couple of weeks before game one where his name was being floated and, you know, there's a couple of injuries there in the, in the back line and um, trying to work out whether Brian Toho, you know, height wise could have played. So yeah, it's, uh, it'd be very interesting to see when he does come back in because uh, Sean Russell and, you know, again, no disrespect, but everyone was sort of saying who's Sean Russell, you know, that a lot of um, fans were anyway online and um, Brad's, Brad Arthur's obviously, just gone with his gut and feels like Ferguson needs to spend a bit more time in reserve grade and get a few things right. It's interesting too, because the edge, the edge talk always is usually, you know, the winger looks like they're the ones out of position, but they're only following their centers in and vice versa. Mm. Centers are only um, following in their halves. So yeah, Arthur's obviously seen something that a lot of us really haven't. And uh, yeah, he's sticking with his gut on that one. What did you make of the uh, little head-to-head -head between Moses and Gutherson? Um, a little disagreement on field. Well, talking to the, some of the players, like Regan Campbell-Gillard this week said that happens every single day at training. Those two just go at it. You know, they, they're always firing up at each other and then they're best of mates off the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny outside looking in. It, it probably doesn't look like a great look, especially on Moses' behalf. Um, but... You know, that, that's just how they play. They both want to win. Um, I like that Gutho sort of just calmed him down. <laughs> and then I think he even apologised after it, Mitch did. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'd, I'd rather that sort of stuff happening on field than, you know, a side that just looks like they don't want to be there. So you can't kind of one or the other in that one. Yeah, I, I actually liked it. I, I liked the, the passion and, you know, Gutho obviously wasn't taking any uh, offence to it. He, he uh, almost thought it was funny um, more than anything. Marty, what about the um, the Bulldogs riding high after a big win over the Dragons? You know, Jay Caparillo really uh, playing pretty strongly. I think overall, you know, direction's been an issue for this team um, this year and it probably remains so with so much inexperience in the, um, the key positions, but they've got to take a little bit of confidence out of last week. Oh, for sure. I think Trent Barrett will be starting to see 
there's progress there. I mean, you've got to look, they've got big names coming there next year. They're going to be an entirely different side. He just wants to see a bit of, I guess, progression, as you said, in the halves. And I think they they took advantage of a side. I mean, Alicia spoke about uh, Parramatta, you know, look, talking about sides that are disinterested as a comparison. Well, that was St. George Illawarra. They looked like they couldn't care less, whereas the Parramatta blokes clearly showed how much they care about their footy. So the dogs took advantage of that. They ran straight through the middle of the Dragons. I think they, they can only take a huge amount of confidence out of that. It's only a few weeks since we were worried they might get 100 put on them by Penrith, and they really aimed up in that game and had a red-hot go. So I think there's a lot of improvement is, is going along in that side, and they, uh, you know, I think Trent Barrett would be pretty happy with what he's seen. Who are you tipping in this one? I have to go with Parramatta, having said all that, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, Canterbury certainly uh, a lot more competitive as each week goes by and uh, it should be a good contest. But yeah, Parramatta are just rolling along pretty well. I think others have too many uh, too many threats for, for the dogs. Alicia? I'm going to go with Parra, but just a quick shout out to, I thought Jeremy Marsh King was outstanding and if he can sort of keep at it around that hooker role, which is what they've been lacking, then, um, you know, they'll definitely test, test Parramatta early. Yep, good call. Three uh, tips for the Eels. I'll go the Blue and Golds as well. Final game of the round up there at Seabus Super Stadium. The Titans hosting the Sea Eagles uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Alicia, a few uh, sort of question marks around AJ Brimson's fitness, not listed in the uh, the starting 17, could possibly have ramifications for uh, Queensland as well, although sounds like um, the rest of their origin contingent is uh, okay. They, um, you know, staged a, a mighty comeback against the Roosters last week, almost pulled off, uh, like Marty said earlier, the, the biggest comeback in you know NRL history but uh, just fell short um, you know 34 points though if you can score 34 you should be winning the game it's the Titans in a nutshell really isn't it yeah. this year I think you know they it can pile on the points quick but then concede a fair few before that um, yeah AJ Brimson last um, I heard he has a couple of he has a PCL issue and it's sort of an ongoing thing so I feel like guys like him, you know, want to get up for this game. Same with Ponga, uh, Christian Welsh, even to, to put their name, you know, um, in front of Paul Green for that game too. So, um, but at the same time, I feel like if, if he can't be risked, he shouldn't be risked. Um, and Dave Fafida and Big Tino, they've got uh, fitness tests with their concussion protocols as well coming up this week. So obviously they'd be two huge losses, but just on the paddock. Um, yeah, look, it's, Titans, we know they're a great side, but they need to. We need to. They need to uh, defensively just get a bit of resilience about them. Marty up against a, a Sea Eagles side that um, proved they they can win without Tom Travojevic last week. Ruben Garrick was um, probably last year a bit shaky in his couple of starts at fullback, but he was uh, a lot better. They obviously get uh, Tommy Turbo back this week. He was pretty much just more a precautionary sort of rest uh, a couple of days after Origin um, last week, but um, you know. He, couldn't really be playing any better at the moment and um, sort of makes it an even more intimidating side. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, to get the job done without him, it was great for Daly Cherry Evans, obviously uh, 48 hours after probably one of the worst nights of his career. He uh, came out and had a, a great game for Manly on the night. They honoured uh, Bob Fulton, which was great to see. So, and Jake Trebojevic backed up as well. So they, yeah, they look a lot more lethal with uh Tommy Turbo back there. Garrick was fantastic. He goes wing. So they're going to be very hard to beat. The Titans, I think, in a nutshell, as you said, they, um, I think Jared Wallace uh, mentioned to uh, Todd Ballum from our little, uh, from NRL.com last week that it's a roller coaster at the Titans and he's sick of it, basically. He's uh, 
he's had enough of the ups and downs and look, they played amazing football last Saturday to, to get back in that game and scored some brilliant tries, but they just, they don't win those games. They led South by a heap of points, you know, a fair a while back and lost as well. They, it's just too much uh, all over the place for them and hard to see them, you know, beating Manly who are just rolling along quite nicely. That's a tip for Manly then. Yeah, Manly for me. Alicia? Yeah, it is, but I think they want a much better performance than, you know, their last away game against Newcastle. They were pretty poor. So, yes, Manly to win, but I think look for a really big performance as well. I, uh, I will also tip Manly. Um, that's all eight games uh, from us. Uh, everyone listening, thank you uh, for joining us. And uh, get out to a game if you can, buy a beanie if you can, or head to markhughesfoundation.com.au to support a good cause. Enjoy beanies for brain cancer round, everybody. We'll be back this time next week.